This is the business of pleasure. I live life to enjoy it. I come from a family of strong women, and you know, I mean, I just, that's what I know. That is so crazy to me, because at the end of the day, everybody's doing it. People need to stop being so hush-hush about everything. Welcome to our podcast, a weekly discussion with people who are in the business of pleasure. Brought to you by Bedroom Candy, a sexual health and wellness company. Once a week, we'll discuss the ins and outs of the sexual health industry, entrepreneurship, relationships, and empowerment. Join me, Nadine Thompson, president of Bedroom Candy Boutique Parties, on this journey of self-discovery as we wash away age-old stigmas about sexuality, self-love, and to learn about the lives of the people that make their living in the business of pleasure. Welcome to this week's episode of The Business of Pleasure. This week, we have with us Dr. Nicole Haig. Dr. Haig was born in Brooklyn, New York, the daughter of Jamaican parents. Nicole, I was so excited when I saw that because I'm the daughter of Grenadian and Trinidadian, uh, Grenadian and Venezuelan parents, and I was born in Trinidad. So that is so cool. Um, She attended Dartmouth College, which is up here where we are in New Hampshire for her undergraduate, and then the State University of New York Health and Science Center at Brooklyn for medical school. She did her residency at Emory University and is a board certif- and is board certified in emergency medicine and is practiced in Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Virginia, St. Croix, and Jamaica over the past 16 years. One of the things that I wanted to share about um, Dr. Haig is that um, she also um, does a lot of public speaking on women's health, understanding women's sexuality and sensuality, as well as balancing career and family. In recent years, Dr. Haig has moved into media, including work on untold stories of the ER, on Discovery Health and TLC over the past seven seasons. She was also the medical consultant for Complications, a drama series on the USA Network. Dr. Haig is passionate about teaching the masses to take better care of themselves physically, emotionally, spiritually, and financially. She believes that in order for people to achieve that, they must be able to to access and utilize the resources afforded to them. Dr. Haig's goal is to empower people with the information and means to make positive changes in their lives. Dr. Haig's greatest legacy is her four children who keep her grounded and focused every day. So, Dr. Haig, welcome to the Business of Pleasure. How are you today? I am doing well. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you taking the time for us to speak today. Oh, you're welcome. We're just very honored to have you on the podcast. So, you know, of course, our main topic of conversation on the business of pleasure, there's a lot of focus around women's sexuality and sensuality. And I wanted, I was really excited about seeing that in your bio and, um, you know, Sean had shared so much about you and your knowledge in this. Have you been able, tell me how you've been able to um, integrate sexuality and sensuality into your practice as a physician? 
as a physician, you'd be surprised. Sex is a topic that comes up on a regular basis, whether it's directly or indirectly. There are patients that come in, especially women who have complaints and concerns dealing directly with sex or concerns about sex or being uncomfortable talking about sex and really are uncomfortable talking to people that they know. So coming and speaking to a physician that they trust will have knowledge and then me being a stranger most of the time definitely gives people that comfort zone to be able to open up and discuss things that they may not otherwise be comfortable enough to share. Right, right, right. So the confidentiality of coming in and speaking to their doctor um, is great because it, it really isn't something that I can't think of, a, you know, too many of my friends that I'm comfortable discussing my own personal sexuality with. It's a tough topic. It is, and I'm trying to change that. Part of the reason I met Shauna was because I have more and more friends who, as we're going and having lunch or having tea or just talking at a play date, will bring up issues related to sex. Mm-hmm. And we'll just have a conversation. And And my my feeling about this is I'm not here to judge you because we are all sexual beings. We all are sexual and we all have our own needs. And everybody's needs are going to be different. And so if we can have a conversation about it, then we can talk about the things that we like or don't like. And you'd realize that we're actually a lot more alike than we are different. And people get comfort in that. It's just you have to be willing to start the conversation and know that you are in a safe zone. That whoever you're discussing it with, one, is not going to judge you. And two, will keep it to... You, whoever is involved in that conversation, that there will be a level of confidentiality so people can open up. Right. Tell me a little bit about, um, you mentioned that there are more ways that we are alike than unalike. Can you give me some idea about what you're speaking about when you say that? When I say that, I mean, when, when I talk to women, other women, and ask them, you know, what is it that you're frustrated about with your partner? A lot of us will say the same thing. One, they don't feel like they're climaxing the way that they should, or and they don't understand why. Mm-hmm. Um, two, they're uncomfortable with their body image. Mm-hmm. You know, three, they feel overwhelmed with balancing career, family, and, you know, their sexuality. And four, you know, how do they explain to their partner what it is that they truly like and don't like? And and adding on to that, a lot of women may not even understand what it is that they like and don't like because they've never taken the time to really think about it. Right. Right. And I also think that for many women... I know when I was practicing as a therapist, many women didn't know um, what they liked in the sense they didn't know what to expect. Um, I think that for many women who grew up in very conservative families and, you know, didn't discuss sex with their parents, didn't, 
you know, if you didn't watch any adult-rated movies, a lot of it has to do with the man's satisfaction and you feel like you're doing a good job. If the man, you know, has an erection and he is satisfied, you feel like you've done a good job. And it takes, I think, a certain amount of maturity for women to understand that they can derive pleasure from the act, they can orgasm, and that it can also be a pleasurable experience for the woman. It's not just about providing a vessel for the man to get satisfaction, but it should be a mutual thing. Would you agree that it takes sometimes some maturity on the woman's part to to feel that way? Absolutely. And I think a bigger part of that also is it's always been taboo for women to talk about sex. If, If a woman brought up sex, she was viewed as being promiscuous or as potentially being a whore. And and those are all negative connotations. Right. Men can talk about sex, and it's, and it's talked about, you know, through laughter or some serious conversation, and there's no judgment associated with that. Women traditionally have not felt comfortable doing that because of how they felt they were going to be viewed. And yes, you know, most of us come from families. I definitely came from a family where talking about sex was not commonplace. The only time that I was willing to even admit that I had had sex was when I was married and pregnant with my first child and everyone knew, obviously, I'd had had sex. Right. I don't think that that's a healthy thing for women in general because you are completely correct when you say we, we, we view it as something where we're here as a vessel, but sex is a gift that's given to men and women. And when both of us are able, when both partners are able to enjoy that process and, and really feel comfortable in it, both people then have so much more of a pleasurable and enjoyable and experience and an experience that you want to have over and over again because then you know you can explore together you can you can try new things together and of course this has to be with someone that you trust and that you care about because there's a level of of maturity just as you said that goes along with this and a, and a very strong level of intimacy that goes along with that trust Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, it's it's really hard to think about how, you know, uh, a 22 year old young woman who's out of college and maybe just into her first serious relationship where she will get information about sex that's trustworthy and helpful. One of the things I hope is that um, at Bedroom Candy that these podcasts could serve as you know, a good way or an interesting way for somebody to gather information because, you know, you can go on the web and try to read up as much. You know, I know Cosmo has some really great articles on sex and sexuality, and I think they do a good job of empowering women um, to feel the pleasure and to understand, um, understand you know, the fact that it's a two-way street. I think Cosmo does a good, a good, um, a good job with that. But I think that it is very, you know, where you get that information other than Googling it online or buying some books, self-help books to read about it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenge to gather that information. Um, when women come into your practice and they're talking about sexuality, um, are there any sort of 
major medical complaints that you come um, that come up. I know that we've spoken with other therapists and they talk about challenges that people have with the act of sex or orgasming. But from a medical perspective, are there some common uh, complaints that people may come in with when it comes to, to sex? The number one physical complaint that women come in with is pain and discomfort associated with sex. Okay. And there can be multiple reasons why that occurs. One, if a woman is not is not um, getting aroused enough, she may not be producing the the fluids in order to make it so that when there is penetration, that that is not hard on her body. Right. And so a lot of people use KY jelly and, and some people do need that depending on where you are in your life. As women start to get close to menopause, our hormone levels change and we're not able to naturally lubricate as much as we do when we were younger. Mm-hmm. And the conversation I have with women is instead, especially for young men, they may not want to do foreplay because they're ready to go. Or some women may not necessarily want to have foreplay because they're ready to go. But foreplay is a very important part of the sexual act of this of this intimacy that occurs. One, because it allows you to explore your partner's body. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, I've told this to especially my male friends. I said, when you're with a woman, and the same goes for a woman when she's with her partner with a man, you need to listen to the subtleties. Listen to how your partner breathes when you touch them. Their breathing patterns will change. They'll start to breathe heavier. They may start to breathe more frequently. Hmm. Listen to their heart. Put your head on their chest. You will feel their heart beating. You will hear their heart beating faster the more you touch them. And in places, and everybody's places where they get more aroused when they're touched is going to be different. So as you explore your partner's body, you will feel their heart rate go up. You will hear their heart rate go up. Even if they don't say, that brings me pleasure, you'll know. But you have to pay attention. You could actually see goose pimples come up on on people when you touch them in certain places. That is another sign that they're enjoying the way that you're touching them, even if they may not at that moment be comfortable enough to say that they enjoy it. You know, having an erection is not the only way that you know that a man is enjoying the experience. These are some subtle things that you can do, and it's the same thing for a woman. Her getting wet is not the only way that you know that she's enjoying the experience. Listen to her breathe. Look at the way she arches her back or maybe the way that she grabs onto you. These are all subtle signs that you can pick up just by paying attention with your partner. So when women and men come in and if a man happens to be with his his partner, when she comes in and she's complaining about this, I'll say to him, rather than jumping right into the act of penetration, spend a little bit more time on the foreplay it could be kissing, it could be touching, it could be caressing, it could be blowing, it could be saying things to her that she enjoys hearing because then her body will naturally get ready to receive you and that will be through lubrication. And once that occurs, it, it, you're much less likely to have painful intercourse. 
Right, right. Because, right, I get it. Okay. So, one of the other questions, I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm learning so much as we go through this. Uh, as we were preparing for the podcast, you and I talked a little bit about sex and about your perspectives, your perspective from, um, from a physician standpoint. And you mentioned to me that um, you thought sex was great for um, a number of other reasons. Um, you talked about uh, things like lowering blood pressure and stress and depression. Could you share again um, with our audience um, from a medical perspective why you think sex is great, what, what, what the benefits of sex may be for, for people? There are so med- mm-hmm. many medical reasons why sex is good for you. Okay. Not only is, is sex a gift, from God, no matter who you think your God is, it's a gift, and that's how we need to look at it. But with that gift, there are actual real medical benefits, many of which there there are many of them. The first thing is, one, as you mentioned, it does lower your blood pressure. Right. So exercise is equal to sex. Sex is equal to exercise. It is a form of exercise. The more sex you have is the more that you are increasing your cardiovascular um, integrity. Okay. It's the more you're working muscles. You're working muscles in your stomach. You're working muscles in your abdomen, your pelvis, your thighs, your back, your arms. This is something that over time will decrease your blood pressure. You actually are burning calories when you have sex. So this is, again, contributing to better health. The more calories you burn is the better you're going to have overall health. Right. And the studies have shown the vast majority of people, if they lost 20 pounds, would not have to be on blood pressure medications. Or if they were, it would be on a lower dose. So mm-hmm. sex can be part of your exercise regimen. Mm-hmm. It, in- it decreases your chance of having a heart attack because you are, once again, strengthening your heart and burning calories. For men... It decreases the risk of prostate cancer. Multiple studies have shown that for men who ejaculate 21 or more times per month, their risk of developing prostate cancer over time decreases pretty significantly. Wow. That is, I mean, unfortunately, that's huge because one out of nine or 10 men will develop prostate cancer at some time in their life. Uh, For women, You know, it decreases incontinence. So every time you have sex, you are strengthening your pelvic floor muscles. Those pelvic floor muscles directly control when you urinate. So for women, as we get older, especially women who've had multiple children, your chance of having incontinence, which is where you may urinate a little bit on yourself with laughing or jumping or any sort of physical activity, that may increase, well, sex will decrease the likelihood of that happening because you are now strengthening those muscles and decreasing the likelihood of incontinence. Right. Um, sex improves sleep. There's a, there's a um, hormone named prolactin, and every time you have sex, prolactin is, is released. And prolactin has been directly uh, related to causing relaxation and sleepiness. So for people who may have insomnia or difficulty falling asleep, 
If you have sex, it will increase your ability to go to sleep and not only go to sleep, but have peaceful sleep because you've had a form of exercise. So if you listen, I'm going back to the same themes over and over again because they really are all connected. Um, there have been multiple studies that show that people who have um, sex on a regular basis, meaning at least once to twice a week, have decreased levels of depression. And this, again, is related to some of the hormones that are released by our brain when we have sex. And those hormones increase your levels of stress, decrease your levels of um, anxiety, and give you more uh, feeling of overall well-being and self-esteem. Wow. I was, I was going to ask you about that because I think... I've always found that interesting and it seemed to make sense to me that having more sex and would you also include masturbation as something that would help with stress and depression? Yes. So masturbation has always been another topic of taboo. Right. right. And and people always, you know, people secretly talk about masturbation and people will say, well, I don't do that because that's nasty. Okay. Everyone is entitled to their opinion about masturbation, but I will tell you that for a lot of people, this is a healthy form of, of sexual contact, and it's probably a safer form of sexual contact for some people, depending on their situation. So for men, masturbating is not something that, you know, some people say, oh, if I masturbate, my penis will fall off. No, it won't. I mean, if, if this is something that you need to do as a release, for you, then you should do it. And the same thing for women. I think it's very important that women understand, you know, when they touch themselves, what it is that brings them pleasure. And this is an important insight to be able to then tell your partner because men assume that if they touch a woman's vagina, it's bringing her pleasure. And we all know that is not the case. Every woman has different ways that she wants to be touched and different places that she wants to touch, be touched to bring her personal pleasure. And one of the ways to be able to, to communicate that is to know personally by touching yourself what brings you pleasure. Right. There's nothing nasty about that. There's nothing to be ashamed of in that. That is you in your personal time exploring your body and understanding your body better because ultimately this is about you understanding your body and being comfortable with your body first because once you are comfortable with your body then you can bring in your partner and you can have much more of a comfortable and enjoyable experience. Right, absolutely. I, I totally get that. And, you know, my experience of talking to various sex therapists and others on the podcast, you know, everybody has really emphasized what you just said, that it's so important, particularly for women to understand what gives them pleasure, how they like to be touched, how they like not to be touched, but to really understand their body and their own sexuality, because then they're better able to communicate to their partners, um, you know, what they like and what they don't like, as opposed to assuming that your partner is going to figure it out and know what you like or what you don't like, or assume that what worked with his last girlfriend is going to work with you. And that may not be true at all. So as you're, 
you know, whether you're in a in a mature relationship or you're just starting out, I think for women, understanding their bodies seems to be a really important thing. And often that comes through masturbation and understanding, you know, where their erogenous zones are and, and just what gives them pleasure, what gives what gives you goosebumps, you know, um, I think is important. One of the interesting things about masturbation that I have found um, is that Bedroom Candy one of our top selling products is a male masturbation sleeve called Helping Hand. And, um, you know, I was a little surprised because I thought in a company that's, you know, 98% women and, you know, 98% of the people at our bedroom candy parties are women. And one of our top selling products, like it's, like it's in the top five, is a male masturbation sleeve. And so it's just interesting to me that women are buying these masturbation sleeves for their partners. Um, and I think it, you know, my guess is that it has to do with the fact that Many of these women are a little bit more mature. They're in their 30s and their 40s, and they understand what gives their partner pleasure, and they're buying these products uh, to give their partner pleasure. And I think it's a wonderful thing. I think it's it's just wonderful that women are buying these, these uh, products for um, their partners. And in my conversations with men since I've been in the business, many of them have said, gosh, I'd love to order a toy for my wife. I love the idea of her having something that would give her pleasure. And I, I just think that just says so much about a man when he's thinking that way and not feeling um uh threatened by the fact that his partner might be using a toy but seeing it as something that would give her pleasure and therefore him wanting to be a part of that pleasure that she's getting or using it together i just think that is so wonderful right because ultimately the goal of of having sharing that intimacy with someone else is that you want to bring them pleasure and as we mature, I think the focus changes from, you know, wanting to just pleasure yourself or achieving your own goals with pleasure to really wanting to make sure that your partner experiences just as much pleasure, if not more pleasure than you do. And when you have two partners that have that goal, that similar goal and that mindset, the things that you guys can experience and achieve together are absolutely wonderful, you mm -hmm. know, because, and then again, that just increases everyone's libido. I know for some men, you know, they complain, their wives don't want to have as much sex. Well, my, my response to that has been, well, do you take the time to make sure that your wife is enjoying the experience? Because having sex is not about laying on your back and, and, and mm -hmm. having, you know, just getting to a climax and then moving on is it's really about the experience and and you know I'm a mother of four I'm just as busy as anyone else but the understanding is we will make the time right. to, to have an experience that's going to be pleasurable to us and to our partners no matter how tired we are Right. You know, it may not be a situation where you're able to plan. It may just be something spontaneous. But when both people have a similar mindset and it's about pleasuring your partner more than necessarily even pleasuring yourself, it, it ends up being an amazing experience. 
Right. Well, this was just wonderful, wonderful speaking with you. Uh, Nicole, are there any other things as we come to an end um, on our interview today? Any other things that you want to share with our listeners today um, about, I was thinking, anything, uh, sensuality, sexuality, anything else that you'd like them to take away? I mean, you've shared so many nuggets. Um um, you shared so many interesting nuggets today. Is there anything else you might want to share with our listeners? I think the biggest takeaway that I would like for all of your listeners, male or female, to really get from this is, one, take the time to understand your body first and be okay. comfortable with yourself. Women, look in the mirror. Love your imperfections. They're yours. And they're wonderful just the way, you're wonderful just the way you are. To take the time to tell your partner what it is that you enjoy. If you don't, in, if you're not comfortable telling them while you are being intimate what you like and don't like, then maybe you might want to consider, you know, having a glass of wine or having a drink where you feel a little bit more comfortable being a little bit more open and sharing, saying, you know, sweetheart, I love, and we always want to start with a positive. I love when you do this. I love when you touch me here. You know, and, and rather than saying, I don't like when you do something else, you can say, you know what, rather than you touching me, um, rather than you touching me on my back, I really enjoy when you caress my inner thigh. And that you can say it in a way that your partner can receive it without being threatened and without hurting their, their, um, their feelings about it so again this is one hopefully of many conversations that we'll have and we'll just continue to try to make people more comfortable and and knowledgeable in this area thank you so much dr hay thank you so much for joining us today on this week's episode of the business of pleasure it was really an honor to have you on i would love to have you back sometime to talk some more um this was just great i learned a lot i think these are um you know issues and and concerns that people have and like we where we started off sometimes you're not comfortable speaking to your best friend about it it'll be great to know that you heard this from a doctor on the business of pleasure and you can incorporate um some of these things and and learn from it so thank you so much for being on the business of pleasure with us this week it was really wonderful to have you with us thank you for having me yeah it was my pleasure talk to you soon have a great remainder of your day you too bye-bye the business of pleasure is brought to you by bedroom candy boutique parties To shop with us, visit us at www.bedroomcandy.com. To join our team of consultants who own their own home-based businesses, join us online and enter the code BOP2017. That will get you a 10% discount on your starter kit. Join us today. Shouting like a southern diplomat Nadine